هاي تسلسل سفن انجنير بودكاست نعم مي عبد الرحمن عاطف ام دكتور غانم كشواني We are doing the civil engineer podcast that we're gonna talk about the benefit about the civil engineer and with the fight, we're gonna fight the civil engineer, we're gonna do the best we can do, and I hope you're gonna like it. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, good morning, good evening, good afternoon from your yard. In this episode, we interview Dr. Andrew Rera. Dr. Andrew Rera is a global director of engineer in e-concrete. Before that, he worked in different In different company and he took his PhD from Stephen Institute in New Jersey. For E-Concrete is a company that related to produce an environmental concrete innovative way to add biological or marine infrastructure and that concrete can be helpful and can improve the marine life and reduce the CO2. We have a great interview with them. I hope you like this episode. Go and watch it. Thank you. I'm wishing you the best. Take care. So, hi, Dr. Andrew. How are you? I hope you are doing great. I'm doing well. Thank you. Yourself? Yeah. So, can you give me an introduction about yourself, Dr. Andrew? Yeah, of course. Uh, my background is in coastal engineering and uh, ultimately it's design of uh, different flood protection measures, shoreline stabilization measures, offshore infrastructure. Um, ultimately, anywhere where water meets the land or uh, in many other instances. Um, and the focus or, 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 or my specialty is uh, natural and nature-based features. So uh, really what I try to address is how can we build a structure that provides its uh, structural purpose and capacity, uh, but also afford for uh, ecological uh, elements within the design and uh, make it more uh, appropriate for the environment in which it's placed. And Most of the, the time, the environment is the marine environment. Fantastic. But how is it related to, to, to the civil engineer and how that can be related to connect it to the civil engineer? Yep, uh, a lot of overlap with, with civil engineering. A lot of my background is in civil engineering, uh, concrete and steel design and, and, and other subject matters, uh, which I'm, I'm sure you're very familiar with. Um, and, you know, it, it's really how do we use, uh, for me specifically, and, and what I do with e-concrete, it's, it's focusing on concrete. And how can we use concrete, such as in the use of seawalls and piers and other coastal and marine infrastructure? And how can we make it as environmentally uh, appropriate for, for the marine environment as possible? That's great. That's fantastic. So what about when you joined about the story about e-concrete, how you joined with them and how? And can you elaborate that more about the story of the e-concrete and the technology they are providing? No, I'd be happy to. So actually, uh, the, the two uh, co-founders of uh, E-Concrete, I met them when I was uh, doing my uh, master's and graduate work uh, over in the United States. And uh, they actually came and uh, d- did a guest lecture. Um, and uh, I got speaking with them and uh, first worked for them uh, on a volunteer basis, then part-time, then full-time. Um, and then when I finished my uh, postdoc Uh, graduate studies. Um, then I were, started working for them the, the very next day, uh, full time, and uh, started operating the New York City uh, subsidiary, uh, Econcrete Inc. Um, and um, have been working for the company ever since. So that was uh, back in 2014, 2015. Uh, but the company itself, it started in uh, 2012. Uh, the, the two co founders are marine biologists, and um, ultimately, 
at the time, they were doing um, ecological surveys of different marine infrastructure, and they were looking for different types of biologies and seeing what, what, what was growing on different types of structures, different types of materials. And they wanted to start looking specifically into concrete because concrete comprises over 70% of the world's uh, coastal marine infrastructure. Uh, ever since the Romans created hydraulic concrete, they put volcanic ash in the concrete mix design, allowed it to cure underwater, get stronger over time. Um, it's been the go-to material in the marine environment for thousands of years. Um, so ultimately, um, since concrete is one of the most used substances on the earth, uh, actually uh, most used by volume after water. Um, so it's the second most used substance on the planet. Um, and, uh, you know, with that is a very high CO2 footprint, um, but also to um, a, a lot of the different um, design components of concrete, its chemical composition, its surface design uh, is it, not very good for actually facilitating the growth of marine organisms in the marine environment. Uh, so ultimately, we're taking what was once uh, very natural environments, uh, marsh plantings, coral reefs, oysters, mussels, barnacles. All, all sorts of different uh, diverse and abundant uh, marine habitats. And now we're replacing it with uh, concrete infrastructure. And on that concrete infrastructure, more often than not, we're seeing very low levels of growth. We're seeing uh, the dominance of invasive and nuisance species. Um, so really what they set out to do is to um, create concrete in a way that it maintains its, its structural capacity in, in all ways and forms, uh, keeping a strength and durability. Um, but also catering uh, to the marine environment so that, that that surface could actually act as a suitable substrate for marine organisms. Um, so, um, yeah, that, that's the the quick of it. And I'm sure we'll get into some of the more final details in the upcoming question. Of course, I've got that because uh, that's fantastic. Like you start as a training and internship and it's got your passion door to the e-concrete with a startup. And actually no one is trying to go there at the beginning, actually, to be honest. No one go like in the beginning when they start like to do startup, that's a new new type of company. For me, if it is me, I would start up or start up like well famous <laughs> start famous company. But uh, can you elaborate more about what is what is the content and how it is helped to reduce the environment and to improve the to improve the environment, the concrete? Yep, of course. So so if we address it um on the composition as well as the design itself. So as far as the composition is concerned, we use a ecological admixture and we replace 10% or uh, we can use that as an additive or replacement. Um, but uh, ultimately up to 10% of the cement content is uh, replaceable with our uh, ecological or bio-enhancing admixture. It's all cementitious material, all uh, byproducts from the concrete and cement industry. Um, and ultimately what it does, it um, prevents the leaching of any negative components that may be in the mix design very often is different chemical agents and uh, uh, whatever else may be in the concrete mix design that actually leaches out of the concrete element uh, for years, if not decades. Um, and it actually uh, creates an adverse chemical composition on the surface of the concrete element. Uh, so actually, actually what we do is uh, the admixture creates a crystalline, crystalline structure within the concrete. So ultimately making a denser concrete and prevents the, the leaching of these negative uh, chemical components. And it makes a more suitable substrate for the marine organisms from a composition or a chemical standpoint. Then as far as the design's concerned, um, what we do is both on a micro and a macro scale, we want to uh, typically concrete is very smooth surface. 
um, not very intricate designs. There's no relief. There's, there's no places for uh, marine organisms to have a shelter or refuge. Um, and ultimately, they're uh, exposed to the full brunt of different uh, hydrodynamic forces and, and whatever else they, they may be exposed to. So uh, within the design, uh, and again, on a micro and a macro scale, we want to increase the surface roughness, rugosity, and the complexity within the design. We want to allow for retaining features in the concrete elements. We want to have many different uh, surfaces, lips, and edges, and, and places ultimately where uh, these marine organisms can uh, develop and grow uh, as best as possible. Oh, wow, fantastic. You mean that in the concrete mixture itself, you are doing what's called calcification, actually, to be honest. Like calcification, where the, where the, because we know that cement is the, like what cement... As a byproduct of the cement, it's like calcium. And when you do with, with you enter this um, ecological admixture, you are doing like what's called calcification. So the marine organism will gonna go there and it's gonna grow the organism there. That's what I was going to my intelligence. Isn't this correct or no? Uh, yes, in a way. I mean, as far as the, the calcification is actually happening on the outside of the concrete. Um, so that, that's what's giving it actually, uh, people always ask us, well, do, do the growth of the marine organisms, um, actually affect the durability of the strength of the concrete. And, and again, I'm sure, I'm sure we'll address this in the upcoming questions, but the, the actual classification of these organisms on the concrete, they actually pr provide a layer of what we call bioprotection. And so, as you said, you have oysters, mussels, barnacles, all calcium carbonate based organisms. And as they grow around the concrete then they actually st strengthen the element itself. Um, so externally, yes, uh, 100%. Uh, so, Dr. Andrew, if I may ask. Yes, please do. Yeah, I'm talking about the carbonation technology that you storage the CO2 for the CaCO3. I'm just um, wondering about the carbonation as a mechanism. Is it embedded with your technology in the e-concrete? I mean, the carbonation as a concept, uh, is it embedded with your technology that we utilize the CO2 that is coming from the leaching and everything in our e-concrete so that the whole ecosystem will be healthy? I was just wondering in terms of the chemist behind your technology. Yeah, I mean, really at, at, at its core, it, it, as far as the, the admixture is concerned, um, it, it's that crystalline structure within the concrete. And ultimately, it's preventing the leaching. So physically, it, it, even though we call it a, a bioenhancing or an ecological admixture, it, it's actually working through structural means. So by creating that crystalline structure within the concrete elements, we're actually making a denser concrete. And then these elements, whatever puzzlins or different agents or, you know, that would typically leach out onto the surface, um, they physically can't. Yeah, yeah, because, you know, and, and I'm interested in the alternative cement. And, you know, as you know, the new trend for the alternative cement is um, is to use carbonation or to, as you use crystallization. Uh, and be before in the history, the carbonation was not a good term for the concrete. And now everybody tried to do the carbonization. Uh, carbonization and um, I believe it is just uh, the unique thing that you are doing guys is uh, is under the ocean and it's uh, preserved the whole ecosystem so I'm really impressed by you know your work no thank you very much oh that's fascinating wow, about about the carbonation how you put the carbonation and you embedded co2 in the concrete which can be what can reduce the co2 and we can be like an injector in the concrete that's fascinating actually so what about that 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 can improve the strength yeah, well, I mean, carbonation and carbon capture can, can be used with our technologies. Um, so, so, so we're happy to to align our, our technologies with, with those technologies. Um, more so, the, the capture of carbon in this case is actually through the, the organisms themselves. 
So they actually act as an active carbon sink, as I said earlier, muscles, oysters, barnacles. Um, and as they capture calcium carbonate, um, then they can reduce the, the, the carbon load on the planet. Um, and, and your last question as far as the, the strength and durability, uh, the, from the use of the admixture itself, we're seeing about an increase of uh, 10% in compressive strength. Um, but then once you get the growth of the different marine organisms, uh, they perform that layer of bioprotection I mentioned earlier, and then they're actually absorbing wave and debris forces. And so there's less chipping, cracking, spalling, and uh, overall an increase in, in the lifespan of, of, of the structure. Um, as, as well, uh, more often than not, we're using uh, high levels of uh, ground granulated blast furnace slag uh, in concrete mix design uh, to replace the cement content, um, as well as um, our admixture, uh, both ha have been proven to reduce chloride penetration. So if you can reduce chloride penetration, then ultimately it uh, slows the decay or the rusting of the rebar or internal reinforcement in concrete elements. And then we're also seeing an increase in the lifespan of the structure from, from that standpoint as well. Well, that will be a very strong concrete, especially for if you want to go out for offshore or something like that. I mean, that it even it can be even work, for example, as me at like a natural reef barrier in the future for coastal city. For example, if you find a new inclined light, if you want to inclined some land, this can be like a new feature. Like, for example, it can be at like uh, as a natural habitat, like you can be at like that great reef barrier later on. Uh, absolutely. Mm hmm. And, and I mean, we, we like to focus uh, specifically on active infrastructure, um, but there's a lot of applications for, for offshore reefs and, you know, um, but, uh, you know, really the, you know, the world is your oyster. <laughs> I agree with you. But uh, you know that, you know, the, the major thing here is the cost, because, you know, as you understand, the cost is the major elephant here. And then you're in the room, you know, <laughs> it's mm -hmm. the most important thing. Yeah. Always. So because, if, for example, if I go any contractor or any company or any client, you tell them, I'm going to add this to this type of technology with e-concrete, which going to use cost and marine surface. He want to ask you about what is the cost about this? So how is, how is, how is the cost about it? Is it cheaper or just normal that it's OBC concrete or is that different? Yep. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, cost is going to be dependent upon a number of factors: the the scale of the project, um, the type of units, the complexity of the casting methods. Uh, as I said, we're dealing with our admixture. We're also dealing with complex surface designs, so that includes the use of different molds and and mold liners. Um, so whether or not we're working with an existing mold, um, or we're creating our own own mold system, um, and, and again, how many units, whether it's several hundred meters or several thousand meters, um, it, it's really the region we're working in and accessibility to, you know, ultimately our our, um, our sources of, of supply. Um, but yeah, compared to traditional concrete. Uh, you could expect uh, a, a slight premium, so it is slightly more expensive, um, not by much. So you know it, it, it could be expected to be from anywhere from say four to ten percent at the absolute most. Um, so you know four percent would be a larger scale project. Um, ten percent might be a much much smaller scale project. Uh, more often than not, we tend to be around four to seven percent um, more expensive than traditional concrete. Uh, but that's just from the ma materials standpoint. Um, if you look at the return on investment, the increased lifespan, um, ultimately the reduction in maintenance requirements, um, the the capture of carbon, uh, which you know in, in many regulatory environments you have to actually mitigate for any construction in the marine environment. Uh, 
So, uh, for example, in, in, in New York, in the United States, um, if you want to build uh, anything uh, in the water, uh, for one acre, it's $1.5 million. Uh, ultimately, that's a mitigation requirement to offset the negative impact of that construction in the marine realm. So by using our technologies and having a positive impact on the environment, then you can save uh, on those costs uh, and expedite the permitting process as well as get uh, permit approval without the very expensive requirements that typically associated with uh, mitigation. So um, that very small margin uh, or, or, or premium uh, that can be expected from the cost, the material standpoint is uh, very easily offset uh, by many of the other uh, advantages of the material and product. So, Dr. Andrew, you are saying, yeah, maybe in the capital cost, I'm a little bit uh, more expensive, but in terms of the operation and even the recyclability and the biodiversity, the whole ecosystem is much cheaper in the long run. So, and this is why, you know, most of the construction firms, maybe they have this uh, short win and the cost cutting, you know, especially in these days. But yet, you know, we need, we need to have the... Uh, the holistic view about it that uh, in terms of maintenance, in terms of operation, I'm saving a lot. And I'm contributing back to my community because I believe that many people, they see sustainability as um, as a KPI, not as a value. And what I'm uh, admiring about your work, you see sustainability is in your core business, is the value that you believe in, it is your mission. And I think this is the cutting edge in your case. Absolutely. So, what about, for example, yeah, this is even this is a this is a big huge return of investment, even for future, even like for to save the environment. So, but have you ever faced any obstacle during, like you know, during that applying technology or any obstacle from authority or regulation or from because this technology, to be honest, there is not invented in the code. If you go any code, you will not find this type of technology. Yeah, uh, you know, of course, with, with any uh, new innovation and new technology, so it's, it's always a learning curve and, and process. And uh, you know, the company's been in operation now for for just about eight, eight or nine years, and, and during that time, we we've, we've learned a lot about uh, operating in different regions and different countries and obstacles that come with, within each of those uh, those different areas. Uh, but I, I guess, in general, more so than anything, um, it, it, it's just getting uh, word out of the technology. It's validating the technology. So early on um, in, in 2012, all the way to 2016, we had a worldwide comprehensive validation process um, where we tested different admixtures um, versus traditional concrete uh, materials. And um, since that time, now we've gotten ultimately uh, certified um, as far as uh, workability agent, so our admixture is, is certified with standards of coastal and marine uh, construction in the UK, in Israel, in Australia. Uh, very soon we'll have uh, certification for ASTM. Um, so uh, ultimately, the, the more we've used um, our, our product, the, the more projects we've had. Uh, to date, we actually have 30 projects across eight different countries in six different seas. Um, so more and more so, uh, engineers are becoming more comfortable with, with specifying our technology. And as that comfort level is uh, increasing, uh, we're seeing our, our product be specified more and more so in, in different projects around the wow, world. That's fantastic, actually. And what about the ACI? Has any, any kind of, are you going to interact? Okay, I understand you are in the STM, ASTM. What about the ACI? Is any any introduction you can introduce the material to the ACI? Like, you know, it's called the American... Concrete Institute. 
Are you going to put it there? Yeah, I, I, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we have to adhere to all, all the different standards and guidelines best practices that are available. Um, so, so many of them overlap. Same thing in, in the UK and the EU. You know, the, the EU uses many of the UK guidelines, and in the, in the United States, you have different organizations or institutions. Um, so, um, you know, ultimately, if, it will be covered one inclusive in the other um but uh, we have to be aware of all the different uh, institutions and codes and guidelines that are out there so oh that's fantastic so what about you are you gonna enter any new region for example because you know especially like uh, for example like arab world what about the uae like especially we have here in the oil rig especially this we can use this as the oil rig agent for like this offshore so this can be also be helpful like we know we can offshore this is a big issue and this is a big problem there No, absolutely. I, I, I mean, regionally, you know, we're trying to enter all markets uh, across the board. You know, right now we operate in uh, North America and Europe and, and, and in the Middle East. And, you know, slowly but surely now we're reaching out to Australia and in the United States, even Hawaii and Samoa. Um, and, you know, we're we're looking towards uh, ultimately uh, making our, our products and technologies available globally. Um, but also to serving different markets. And exactly like you just said, uh, the offshore market is a huge industry uh, looking into the next 10 years. Um, there's going to be thousands upon thousands of, of, of wind turbines uh, installed globally. And, um, you know, we're trying to make new products to address those markets. We're, we're, we're trying to ultimately position ourselves um, with the different companies and, and the the decision makers in those different markets so that we're in a position of strength and we can bring our technologies um, to these new markets as best as possible. But ultimately, the core technology, the admixture and the design um, will stay the same. Uh, obviously, all alterations, uh, you know, to customize it and, and make it appropriate for the specific market application. Um, but it, 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 it's more so how do we uh, best serve these these new markets and, and, and make sure that we're uh, benefiting them as, 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 as possible. Uh, so, Dr. Andrew, you know, um, you know that in UAE, leaching in the habitat and the, the sea, it is, it is one of the uh, challenges that we are facing. And uh, um, this is why I'm interested about uh, having this technology here and, um, you know, the calcium chloride and the leaching and, and many people the the expert they try to try to find um, a point where we can have a healthy ecosystem by doing the infrastructure and at the same time we are not compromising our natural capital so do you think uh, uh, using a technology like 3d printing and uh, another disruptive technology iet It, it will help the people in the commercial landscape to accept this um, technology, I mean, uh, as a concept and as application. Yeah, and I mean, that, that speaks, I think, to what I was just saying as far as how do we address the problems that are being seen in every market. So, you know, as, as, as you said, in, in your region, the, the big problem is leaching. So then, you know, for, for your region, we will want to make sure And we make it very clear that the, the benefit of it is not only the increase in biodiversity, the increase in abundance of species, um, healthier ecosystems, but actually the prevention of that leaching, which is the core of the technology. Um, so again, whether we're talking to engineers or biologists, and, and there's so many different uh, positive points or, 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 or value um, that, that we can bring out about the technology. 
And I think that it's important for us to, to do our research and, and speak to people like yourselves and, and learn about really what's most important to, to your region within your infrastructure um, so that when we, we bring our technology to you and introduce it to you, that uh, ultimately, you know, we can bring these uh, most important points to the forefront of the discussion. Uh, but after- yeah, we, we have the, the, the red tie, you know, it is, is it keep occurring here in this uh, region. I don't know if you witness one here, the red tie. It is, it is uh, you know, one of the challenges that uh, we need to take a quick action toward it. Yeah, and I mean, again, even as far as you said with the 3D printing, um, I mean, our, our technology is not limited to any sort of production. We can do dry cast, cast, uh, shotcrete, uh, 3D printing. Um, so I also think it's important too to, to look at all the different ways that concrete is being uh, manufactured um, for different projects, for different uh, product types. And, uh, you know, uh, again, you know, us at this point, having done all of our homework and having a, a thorough comprehensive validation, um, is vital in supporting the conversation. Yeah, it was nice. Yeah, great. That can have important product more than could can improve more in the technology, especially in different region here in the country. So any thought from you, Dr. Andro? Like any sign of thought you want to speak? Yeah, I, 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 I think in general, um, you know, myself, you know, when I first became aware of the concrete, uh, I was uh, in New York. I was looking around, seeing lots of concrete infrastructure, bulkheads, different piers and marinas. And, um, you know, this was uh, amongst conversations uh, from my thesis and, and research of how do we bring the environment and, and biology into an, an urban um, developed environment. And, you know, I, I think really the, the takeaway message um, from this is even if we're using uh, materials such as concrete, um, and other, uh, you know, much more um, robust uh, construction materials. And we always want to keep the environment in mind. We always want to try to um, incorporate the principles of ecological engineering into our design process, uh, no, no matter, uh, you know, what that process may entail, what region, what products, what different structure types. Um, and, and really, there's always ways to incorporate these principles of ecological design or nature-inclusive design into these different projects. And I think it's important uh, never to let that go by the wayside. Um, whatever we can do to benefit the environment, to reduce our carbon emissions, uh, to have a more positive impact on the environment um, is crucial for a brighter tomorrow. Yeah, it was great. Really, thank you for that. For you for for allowing you to interview to, to allowing us to interview interview in our podcast. It was great an interview, even for e concrete to allow to allow us to interview you. Oh, it's it's been uh, my pleasure, and I really appreciate it. And uh, looking forward to continuing the conversation with yourselves. Yeah, it was such a pleasure, uh, Doctor Andrew. And uh, I mean, um, for the coming generation, I mean, the who are interesting for environment and uh, you know we are going for the system development goals uh, any message anything you want to tell them that uh, about the ecology and the environment any message for the next generation that they can inspire from you yeah i, I think it's just important to keep educating yourself you know uh when i, when I was in college and uh, you know we were talking about this a little bit between ourselves before before we started recording you know my my 
mindset of the world uh, was very limited compared to what it is now. You know, now I, I've seen the, the possibilities that uh, science and education and research and development uh, can ultimately bring. And, you know, I, I'd say that, um, you know, there's no there's no problem that we cannot solve as a community, a global community moving forward. And, uh, you know, it's going to take uh, young, fresh minds um, unhindered by uh, thought processes of the past um, to lead us into the future. So, you know, a lot of responsibility for the younger generation, ultimately, to continue, um, you know, and, and, and not just follow in our footpath, but to create a new path uh, forward that will ultimately bring us farther than we've ever gone before. And, you know, um, you know, with uh, global warming and, and sea level rise, there's a lot of concerns out there. Um, but uh, I'm very uh, confident that it's going to be a, a brighter future and that the uh, as uh you know humanity develops um we will be able to come overcome all those obstacles yeah thank you really appreciate that thank you and take care and wishing you the best dr andrew i hope you the best and hopefully we interview in the next episode same to you thank you again take care bye it's a great interview with dr era we learn a lot of things we understand a lot of things and we have a great perspective so what do you think guys what do you think about the concrete and dr era to live this episode and also or you can review in our podcast mean a lot for us we would like if you can make a review of us in apple podcast or podchaser on all other platform we are an old platform and you hope you like this episode and wishing you the best and see you and take care and bye to wrap it up this episode hopefully you're gonna like it i wish you the most for work and good luck and see you in another episode Yeah, thank, thank you. you. You guys, have a good, good day and good night.